This is Beak Earth. I'm Case Bradford. Thanks for tuning in to this episode with John G. Du. John and I connected through social media and decided to make a podcast episode, as most of these happen that way. Had no idea what we were going to talk about, and I thoroughly enjoyed what unfolded, which to me is the beauty of the art of podcasting to just connect with someone else across the world and riff it up to just have a dialogue, a dialogos, and see what comes through. Really appreciate you tuning in to this one and hope you enjoy and appreciate the conversation as much as I did. If you've been enjoying Peak Earth or maybe this is your first time tuning in and you'd like to contribute, came up with a few ideas. One, you can share an episode across social media or directly in real life, not on social media. You could write down on a piece of paper about this podcast and give it give it to somebody. Two, you could leave a five-star review on the Spotify app or the Apple app. Either of those would really help Peak Earth. Three, you could get yourself a large amount of sidewalk chalk and then write, draw, doodle all over the sidewalks in your local area, city, town, suburbia. Just write all about how Peak Earth is an awesome podcast all over the sidewalks everywhere. That would that would probably be pretty cool. Those, so those are three ways that you could contribute if you feel like it. Otherwise, I appreciate you tuning in. John has a ton of deep wisdom to share. He has his own podcast, The Millennial Media Offensive, and runs his own media company, Dukist Media, that creates amazing drone footage and more. Without any further ado, thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoy this episode with John G. Du. How are you? I'm doing well. Case, how are you doing? Doing real well. Glad, glad we're able to connect. You're the host of the Millennial Media Offensive, and yeah. so you host your own podcast, and we connected through Twitter. I don't remember how, but just picked up that you're a cool guy, wanted to connect, and eventually realized that we should just make a podcast episode together. Yeah, we. I think we overlapped with the the health and, and fitness spheres of Twitter. Uh, that's something I'm I'm not as involved in as I am in something like you know, the podcast that I co-host. Um, but it's definitely an interest of mine and something I've been I've been involved in for quite a while. Uh, so I think that's that's where we saw one another. And I listened to a couple of your episodes and really enjoyed what you what you've done with your guests and some of the people you've had on are really really interesting thank you thank you which um just out of curiosity which do you remember any which uh, ones that you listen to so i think the one that the one that i would pin as my favorite is the and i forget his name i'm terrible with names um but it's the the heavy metals episode it's one of the more recent ones um i think he's i think he's from california or lives in california now as well um again his name escapes me but that was ben uh ben samuel yeah, yeah, Ben Samuel. Yeah, that was a good one. I, I enjoyed that one. And I, I probably enjoyed it more because that's something I don't know too much about. And I think the first time I actually reached out to you on Twitter was asking about exactly why um, touching receipts was <laughs> was such a bad idea. And I knew that it was. Uh, you know, I just instinctively, well, you call it instinctively, I guess, but I don't like touching many things that are plastic, um, polyurethanes, anything like that. And I know that those, those receipt papers are very much so. So I reached out to you just asking, hey, what's the exact reason why this isn't comfortable for me to do? Uh, because you had posted about it and you told me about it. And I think that's where we first connected was over receipt papers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember I wrote a joke about it. It's like this. there's this meme online about touching receipts in front of you and that doesn't know that it's got a lot of BPA in it and that can yeah. get into your bloodstream transdermally through just touching it because plastic's a liquid and uh, liquid gets onto your skin. The skin's an organ that absorbs what you put on it and then through that 
sequence of events you end up with some bpa in your bloodstream <laughs> who would have thought you're just out there you know doing your thing getting your groceries all of a sudden you're getting some microtoxins from the cashier and you know they're sitting there all day touching receipts pulling them out the thing ripping it i mean receipts in general are pretty strange like i you know they're just essentially just being made to be thrown away like almost instantly by everybody so i went to a a company dinner last night and everyone at the table and this is colorado so everyone's a little more mindful of things like that even if they aren't exactly on target they're still around the target um so everyone almost everyone commented on how we got three receipts for our drinks at, at dinner um and it's just it's crazy there has to be a better way and that's when we were talking about receipts last night talking about receipts with coworkers my mind is just going overdrive of there has to be a better way to do this. And of course, you know, you get a lot of places that do the digital receipts and email receipts, but anytime you need to sign for something, unless you're at the counter, you're going to get a receipt to sign. Yeah. Even I was the other day, I was uh, just walking down the sidewalk. I saw like a bunch of newspapers everywhere. Even that seems so ridiculous now it's like who's printing out pages and pages of the internet on the, like these giant papers that just like... <laughs> pages of the internet i like that <laughs> at this point it's it's just it's completely crazy and i see like i see the value of it but how many i don't know it's just it just seems kind of ridiculous we're, i mean we're at this point where so many things seem ridiculous um at least you know to us as um millennials you know growing up in this in this world where we've been blessed with with a ton of great things that we've inherited from previous generations. And I think it's important to be grateful for those things, to use that as like an energetic platform to then address a lot of the ridiculous shit that we're faced with. And and I guess you, you probably have an opinion on that as, as well. I guess I'm, I'm also curious to learn more about how you, you started your show and kind of what that's about for everyone everyone listening to, if that kind of ties into this this theme. Yeah, the, uh, the Millennial Media Offensive started um, against my wishes, I would say, uh, and, and my co-host, Dan, Dan Gehring, will get a kick out of this if he listens. Um, we were in a chat room for another podcast that does media deconstruction, and it, it has a more political bend than um, probably a lot of your, your listeners are used to. But you know, I've always had a political mind. Well, not always, you know, but any, when I started coming of age, that's what really grabbed my interest was why are people acting this way uh, on the stage, you know, that we call politics? And can't we just um, look at economics to solve a lot of this stuff? And, you know, of course, that led me down the libertarian road. And then I sort of grew up a little bit. Sorry for any libertarians out there. But, uh, but I, I've always had that bend of being interested in politics. And really just, you know, that translates to game theory when you're looking at nations and everything that's going on in the world today. It's a lot of game theory, a lot of a lot of nations pulling strings and doing things um, at the moment. And I was listening to this podcast. I was in the chat room um, just kind of just talking with the people in the chat room, um, shooting the shit, really. And this guy reached out to me over a, a direct message from the um, – the IRC is an IRC chat, so an internet relay chat. And he reached out to me and said, hey, how old are you? And I told him, I was like, I'm, at the time I was 28. I said, I'm 28. And he said, okay, I thought you sounded like you were a little younger than most of the people here. I said, okay, um, how old are you? And he goes, same. I said, okay, you think we're probably the youngest people here? And he said, I don't know about the youngest, but we're definitely in the, the younger group listening to this show. And I said, yeah, you're probably right. And uh, he reached, I don't know if he asked me that day or if he reached out later because it, you know, we were there regularly and he reached out again and said, Hey, um, would you want to get together and maybe do, do a show like this, but with a, a perspective coming from millennials, a younger generation. I was like, uh, no, <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> I don't have time for a podcast. And he said, okay think about it. So again, we're in the chat room again, maybe a week or two later, he reaches out again. Uh, hey, you thought about that podcast? And I was like, yeah, I thought about it. I still don't want to do it. Um, so, so I think third or fourth time he of him just asking again and again and again, I was like, fine, you caught me in a good mood. Let's talk. Uh, let's see, you know, if we got anything that we can, we can go on here. So we got together. Uh, we talked, hit it off really. 
um, had the same mind about some things, but not all things, which is, you know, a good, a good thing when you're, you're doing a podcast like we do. Um, so we decided to, to lay down some, some episodes and the whole premise is we look at what's going on in the world, what people our age are focusing on or what affects them, uh, is the parameters we use. And we pull clips from social media, um, mainstream news, if it's applicable. And we talk about why these people are talking about the things they're talking about, why it affects the people our age, or maybe who is influencing these people to talk about this subject the way they're talking about it. So ad revenue, other influencers like that, uh, influences on the people um, who are talking about those subjects. And we just deconstruct. We have a good time. Uh, we we actually have a recent episode called Quasi Comedy Show because we like to think of ourselves as a comedy show. But uh, that's just the way we try to approach everything because everything political or in the news is a lot of people get so bent out of shape about it. And I can't stand that kind of media that tries to bend you out of shape to get you to watch their video or read their article. And neither can he. So we try to bring a, a very lighthearted approach to it and that a lot of times that translates into us making fun of the people in the clips. Um, but it's never just trying to be mean. Uh, sometimes my fiance says you were a little mean on that segment. And I'm like, well, you may think I was a little mean, but I, it was all in good fun. Um, and they're, you know, I'm a, I'm a little podcaster. So these, these people are getting paid six figures to be on the television and, um, they should they should maybe have a better idea of what they're talking about. So that's what we do. Uh, we we're live every Tuesday at six thirty Eastern time. Uh, we have our very own um, live broadcast. When we're not doing the show at six thirty Eastern time, it's usually uh, lo-fi kind of beats just for having in the background. Um, Dan runs that at his house. And we'll have other podcasts on the stream from time to time. I'm not sure exactly what the uh, what the schedule is like that he set up, but it's usually lo-fi beats or our show at 6.30 Eastern every Tuesday. And we have a live chat. Uh, I mean, how could we not have a live chat when Dan and I met in a, in a live chat for a podcast? So we have a live chat uh, that you can, if you want to join in there, it's, uh, you can go to mmo.show. And you'll see the chat, and instructions are pretty simple. Um, but yeah, we we go we record live, and then minimal editing. Uh, we try not to edit much out, just for the sake of um, you know just being genuine about the product we're putting out. Um, not that editing is disgenuine, but I guess you could chalk it up to laziness if you want to. Uh, you know, good enough. Um, and we, you know, at this point, we've gotten pretty good at what we do. So there aren't too many technical issues unless someone's internet goes out or, you know, the computer crashes, something like that. And even sometimes we leave that in just to show people, like, hey, this is a this is a live show. And, you know, you could hear all of this live if you wanted to. Because um, a lot of a lot of people, they think about podcasting and they think, oh, this this scripted, very regimented set time product. And it doesn't have to be that way. It can be very free flowing and and playful. And I know that uh, that appeals to you because of your the content that you put out. And uh, really, when I first saw your account on Twitter, uh, that really drew me in because growing up in in the woods, um, that was really all I knew as far as exercise was just to be outside and, and play. And you know that was climbing trees throwing rocks, trying to pick up, see who could pick up the biggest log, you know, uh, that kind of thing. So that I really resonated with that. Uh, and I appreciate that, that content that you're putting out because I don't see many more people doing that. And I think it's, it's really important for people to understand that you don't have to kill yourself in a gym, even though I, I have a, a home gym here at my house and I, I enjoy throwing, throwing around some plates. Um, it's a little more difficult for me to play in, in downtown Denver. Uh, so, you know, you do what you have to, but you don't, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be one way. Absolutely. And props to you for, for tackling that topic that, that you do because it, yeah, the modern media is just like, can be so vitriolic and poisonous and uh, you know, just 
completely nonsensical, but I've listened to your show and it's great. You're you're very um, excellent speaker, and and your voice is is high quality, and and the way that you you approach these things is 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 awesome. So props to you for that. And and with the growing up in the in the woods, did you did you grow up in in Colorado? Is was that where you? No, uh, no? no, I'm from Mississippi, um, so I'm from way down south. I uh, came up to Colorado for work and then got moved to work from home during the pandemic. Did not like that. Um, I, uh, I was very much moved to Denver because I had a job downtown, skyscraper, gym, restaurant in the office, the whole nine yards. Uh, and I, you know, my whole idea was, you know, I'm going to make it while I can, and then I'll move back home to where I want to be. Um, you know, if I had known I was going to be working from home doing the job I was doing, I'd be in the foothills or even further out in the mountains. Um, and my fiance and I, we, we go out as much as we can away from the city because that's just not our, it's not really our shtick being in the city. Uh, we have friends in the city that we'll, we'll hang out with, but if we, if we had our way, we would not be in the city much at all. Um, so yeah, I, I grew up in, in Mississippi, came out here for work and, uh, working on, you know, just doing the things I can and building what I can to take with me to Mississippi when we, when we go. Nice. Very cool. Do you, do you have specific places, um, nearby that, that you've been to around Colorado that have been favorite spots? Oh, there are so many. This, I mean, this state really is a gem. Um, and I, I haven't spent enough time in, in California, but California occupies the spot in my mind of like the American paradise. And I, I'm very much into this idea of, um, I guess the easiest way to say it, and, and no one should interpret this the wrong way, but uh, the easiest way to say it is I'm very much on board with this, supportive of this idea of taking California back because it, it's such a paradise that we can't lose it. And even as someone who's only been there in passing, um, you know, we, we really have to fight for these beautiful natural places that we have in, in America. Um, and I consider Mississippi to be one of those, but I, I'm not going to fool myself about California not being at the top of that, that paradise list. But to get back to Colorado, it's, it's unreal. You know, in the South, we have the Smoky Mountains and they're one thing, uh, but out here where there, there's not as much tree cover and you're not, you're essentially not in a forest everywhere you go, it just makes for some, really some, some mind-altering scenes just to, just to see how massive of a scale that we're dealing with when we're dealing with nature and what it can do. It's, it's really been an experience that I wouldn't trade for anything. Um, now, as far as particular spots, I've got to say it's not close to Denver. My favorite spot that we've been to is called the Uncompagre Wilderness. And it's just, it, it has a lot to do with how remote it is. Uh, my fiance and I did a, a four-day backpacking loop, and I think we saw four people over the four days. So that that's my kind of thing. If I can get out there and just have to rely on myself and not have anyone else within earshot it's that's that's where i want to be um but yeah it, if you if you really want to see a great list of places in colorado to go and how to get there and what to do when you get there uh, my fiance actually runs a travel blog called the traveling tacos um t-a-c-o-s like like the food but that's just uh, her name shortened uh so it's the traveling tacos and i've I edit all of her videos, uh, help her shoot videos. And as an offshoot of that, we also do uh, a company called Do Kissed Media, which is D-E-W, my last name, uh, and soon hers, um, Do Kissed Media, where we, we go around and just film um, like little anything from glamping spots here in Colorado that people are trying to sell on Airbnb to conferences. I mean, we did, I don't know if you're familiar with the Beef Initiative, but we did media for them here in Colorado when they had their, um, their conference in Crawford. Um, so we did drone footage, captured all of the, the speakers on video and audio, you know, just 
that's that's the world we've sort of pushed our way into. So, uh, you know, the, the whole media and just capturing the moments when we're out and about has really made for some some great, great experiences. Awesome. And, and I'll be sure to link everything you just mentioned down below. So that'll be easy, easy to find for everyone looking to write notes. It'll just be right down there in the show notes. And definitely now contemplating a trip out, out to Colorado. I, I am from, from New Hampshire myself. I, I imagine it's somewhat similar to Mississippi in the, in the fact where there's a lot of woods and, and there aren't like, you know, skyscraper, majestic mountains. It's, it's a little more hilly and, and there's a lot of forest and it's, it's beautiful nature. I think, you know, everywhere really has beautiful nature, but for some reason, certain places have just this massive sort of concentrated, potent, potent nature. Like you said, it can really be mind altering. And in California, I think what's unique is you've got like the ocean kind of coming into play, which is always of course. mind altering for me. I love interacting with the ocean it has completely changed my life in such a deep and meaningful way, not just, you know, immersing myself into it, but kind of looking at it as, as just like changed the way my mind works. And I think is also true for the mountains. Like there's always this debate between like are you an ocean person or a mountain person but it's like there's also the forest which is an amazing space that kind of gets underplayed in that conversation then the desert as well spending a little oh, bit yeah. of time in the desert that's also a place that is just like an amazing spot to be and to, to interact with although I can't stay there too long <laughs> but you know it's, <laughs> it's 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 i guess i uh, landing on this space now where yeah we're definitely both nature lovers and i've had our minds sort of altered by this place that is just like should be the natural state but now we've got to like make time in our schedule to like go out into it and have were you always um kind of into into this stuff or did you have a shift at some point in your life where that that made you more sort of aligned with with these kind of ways of being it was always a part of my life but it definitely took a turn for um having a a more sacred place um, later in my life. So I, I really had a realization that, you know, this is, although it's been a part nature has been a part of my life forever and I grew up in it. Uh, I, I had a realization that, you know, this is, this is really something special. It's, I had almost taken it for granted because I grew up in it and I, it was, it was rare for me to stop and take a look around and just see what was around me in nature and, you know, be thankful for being able to be there. And as I, you know, traveled more and saw that a lot of people didn't have that at all. I, I really started to realize that, wow, I've, I've been lucky to have been raised in it and also to have the opportunity that I have to, to immerse myself in it when I really want to. You know, I, I tell myself sometimes I don't have time to go to the mountains this week, but if I really needed to, I could always get out there. Yeah. And there's like this sort of a general theme of, this podcast in a way and, and, and primarily because it's a big part of what I think about is how like disconnected from nature everyone seems to be, or at least, every, I mean, it's just a fact everyone is disconnected from nature on a certain level. Like we're not, we're sleeping inside on a bed. So like, that's one aspect. We're not, you know, seeing the stars because the electric, you know, pollution of the city is, is blocking them out. And the food that we're getting is probably shipped from <laughs> thousands of miles away on average, if you're to just add it all up, you know, and, you can go on and on, right? We're not getting much sunlight because we're, you know, inside all day and staring at blue lights. And it, it's kind of gets depressing if I were to continue the list, but it's also like, it's an important, I, I can kind of perceive it as like the primary, most important sort of challenge that we face as a species, at least in the first world is like, how do we reintegrate back into this original sort of substance and stop moving in the direction away from it. Cause people are like, no, I want to download AI into my brain and we're going to go to Mars. And it's like, you're taking this way <laughs> too far. You know, it's understandable. And I think that's the first step is understanding why we, we got to where we are. Uh, you know, convenience has a lot to do with it, but also there's excitement in what could be no matter what road you take for the future. You know, you and I, if we were to sit and, and map out a natural future, it would be exciting for us. And it's just as exciting for someone who sits down and maps out an artificially augmented future. It's just as exciting for them. Um, so I think that's the first big step in, in actually taking a, mean, a meaningful, making a meaningful plan for the future is realizing that everyone has a reason for being excited about the things they're excited about. And really, with, with a little bit of um, age, 
I've, I've come to realize, and I really didn't like this thought when it, it first dawned on me, but the correct answer in changing anything um, to do with the way people eat, because one of the reasons my fiance and I want to get back to Mississippi eventually is to change um, the way people eat and the way they think about food, because it is all about convenience. And they, they have this idea that it doesn't matter what they eat as long as they... Um, you know, believe the right thing and act right, then they're okay. But, you know, you see these people who work all their life and should be in spectacular form that are just disintegrating. And that's really how I got into um, eating real food. But to get back to uh, talking about taking the first step and the, the answer to making things better, no matter what venue you're talking about, it's really just being a good example. And that's the most boring answer that you can give, but it really is the right answer. You know, you can't, you can't force someone to believe what you believe. You can't, you can't even convince any, I, I, I'm starting to actually believe, and this is going to sound a little, a little radical, but I don't think you can convince anyone of anything. I think if someone already has a mind similar to yours, you can expose them to something that might eventually lead them to believe something similar to what you believe but someone who you know doesn't care that there's canola oil that they, that all their favorite restaurants are frying with or um you know who's someone who doesn't care what the the receipt is printed on you're not gonna you know it's gonna go in one ear and out the other and really it, it can be sad because the breaking point is okay you be a good example enough to where they have to see that you're in a better place than they are. And then they ask themselves why. And then you hope that you've been gracious enough with them up until that point that they're willing to come to you and say, hey, what? why are you in a better place, whether it be mentally, physically, um, or just with an attitude? Uh, why are you in a better place about this than I am? And it, it has a lot to do with, you know, just not shutting people out, being open to people, and like I said, just being a good example. And if someone asks, don't be afraid to tell them. And you don't have to contrast yourself with other people just to make a point. Uh, you know, a lot of people, I hear people talk all the time. And even some of my friends who I've, I've sort of gotten on this bandwagon of, you know, we should eat real food and we should be outside as much as we can. And, you know, the sun's not your enemy and that kind of thing. When they, they get excited about it, so they want to go tell other people about it. And they'll tell other people about it. And I'm sitting there listening to them. I'm like, you're, I, I love that you're so excited about it, but you're turning people off <laughs> and you don't even realize it. And I, I see that when I look back at my involvement in politics, when I was younger, I see that in myself because I was so excited about some of these things that I thought were the answers politically that I would just turn people off talking about it. So like, I don't care about this. Why are you talking to me about this? I asked you about this thing over here, and now you're talking about, what are you talking about? So it's, it's a very delicate balance, and it, I think the biggest thing to keep in mind, you know, it's good that people are excited about this kind of thing, and I think we're going to see a lot more people get excited about um, just generally natural living, um, you know, however they interpret that for themselves. Every, every step is every step, no matter how small is a, a good step, right? Um, I think we're going to see a lot more people get excited about it because a lot of people are just looking for answers and they're, they're asking themselves, well, why, why am I, why do I feel so bad? You know, that's the biggest one. Um, why do I feel so bad? I, I don't feel like I should feel this bad, but I feel pretty terrible regularly. And the saddest thing to me is when they don't have someone they can turn to and say, Hey, could you help me with this? Do you know anything about this? Because then it just leads to this latching on to whatever they see first on social media or the internet or, you know, God forbid WebMD. And, um, you know, that can, people have a tendency to turn things into their personality when they discover something new and have an aha moment. And, a lot of times, especially with health and, and lifestyle, turning something into your personality isn't necessarily the best thing, even though it could be a step in the right direction. You know, they, you, you always have to remember that, um, you, you got to remember that 
no matter how good something is, the dose is the poison. So moderation is always, always something to keep in mind. Um, and I see a lot of people online who, you know, a lot of these movements we've seen, even in, even in the spaces we share, it's, it's latching onto these things and people make it their personality and they just go all in and they may get some benefit from it, but eventually they'll have to realize that, okay, this isn't the end all be all. There's more work to be done and there's always work to be done. Really well said and deep, deep as well, especially what resonates with me. And I thought really funny. It's like, yeah, trying to, everyone has experience of, of having someone who's like overly enthusiastic about something, just, you know, going off about it and just, just being like, gosh, would you just be quiet about that thing? And it's like, it's, it's true that there's a lot of great things where amazing ideas that could absolutely change somebody's life for the better. And, and it's, it's an art and a science to be able to take that idea from my mind, plant it in the soil of your mind in a way where it's going to take root and, and flower into a new way of being. And that that takes practice because it's it's not something many of us are used to. Like it, it's, it's very difficult to do and it, it takes a long time if you're doing it right. Like it takes a lot of love and attention and persuasion If and it helps to study persuasion as to really learn, okay, how does the human mind work? What ideas are going to be rejected? What ideas are we going to perceive as more alluring? And then learn to adapt your speech patterns to be able to plant these ideas in people's minds. Because the sad reality, or at least the true state of the world, is that there are mega billionaire you know, companies, huge, massive operations that are doing exactly this every single day through advertisements. And, and they know how the mind works. And they are supplanting bad ideas and in the sense that they are not derived for the, be the, the benefit of, of mankind, not good for the flourishing of humanity, but for higher profit margins, which typically is aligned more with greed and you know evil and, and is kind of a root cause of a lot of the nasty stuff that's going on. And, and so understanding that if you want to be a part of the you know, team, team good, you know, the good team, the good guys, team people then what we got to do is, is like really educate ourselves to like learn how this works, be patient with the process, engage with it, you know, with, with love and, and with attention. And it does work over time, but it's not something you can just like throw in somebody's face. Well, you don't, you, you can't grow a garden by throwing seeds at the ground. <laughs> and that's, I mean, that's what, that's what you're doing when you're just yelling at people about something you've discovered. Um, so what I think the, one of the, the great things to realize is that even as toxic as the world is, and I don't mean, you know, the people in the world, I mean, the actual world that we live in, it's, it's a very toxic place. And it's, it's gotten this way because of, you know, we can talk about a, a million different reasons why we've gotten to this point. But I think the takeaway when you realize just how bad things are, um, they may get worse but the worse things get, the more opportunity there is. And for anyone who's trying to be a, a force for good or a force just for nature, maybe, uh, whether you consider it good or not, um, you know, it doesn't really matter. It's, it's just, okay, we probably do better when we live a more natural life, whether that's good or bad um, in the circumstance we're in. It's, it's probably better than living an artificial life. And there's so much opportunity when it comes to that kind of that kind of message and that kind of example, really. And, I mean, you, I could walk out my door and within 30 minutes of walking around downtown Denver, I'm going to have an opportunity to either reject something that I don't want or do something that others probably wouldn't do, like, um, you know, pick up a piece of trash or you know, just ask someone how their day is. And that may sound cheesy, but it, it really is the little things. It's, it's the little things and it's having patience with the little things that, that really makes a difference. It's, it's true. Yeah. That, that's been my, my experience as well, where these like, you can have these, I think a lot of us walk around with these like grandiose ideas in our brain about like how we're going to be you know, great someday and how we're going to like change the world or at least how, you know, life is going to be better. But then we're walking by these like 
small, you know, whispers of opportunities that are like, well, if you really believe that, you'd be doing X, Y, Z. Believe me, when you when you say that, when you say people walk around with these grandiose ideas, you, I feel seen because I, <laughs> I have always just been one that, you know, trying to find what everyone else hasn't found to make a difference, and I, you know, it has to do with with you know. You only have so much time on earth. So the the closer you get to the end, the more likely you are to convince yourself, well, there is no shortcut that someone hasn't found to make a difference. And I, I still hold out the um, the impression that there could be. You know, there there's always something that someone hasn't seen or hasn't realized. And people discover those things every day in, in fields of all kinds. But until until that discovery happens it, it is about doing doing what you can and, and really you know wherever you are that's the place to be you can't be somewhere else and effectively embody who you are in the moment that you live and that I, believe me i know that's disappointing for anyone out there who 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 is who is sighing about this i know it is but it it really is about patience because you, you can always hold out hope that there's going to be some breakthrough and even that maybe you be the, you may be the impetus of it. But in the meantime, there's work to be done. And it takes a lot of, as you said, a lot of nurturing, a lot of love to do that work. Absolutely. And I think there's another way of look at, looking at this too is I, I'm a big believer of, uh, it's difficult to describe, but doing, doing these small deeds is a, in a way a signal to the time space continuum to, to the multiverse to God. It's saying like, I'm, I'm intentional about this. Like I know I really want to move in this direction. And, and by doing those little things, you kind of gain this hidden momentum, this ethos, this energy that unfolds new opportunities that, that will give you these bigger opportunities that you're like really want in mind. Like you want the big opportunity, but that's not going to come unless you do the little things. And that's, this is my belief over, you know, just kind of, secretly sort of observing these things in my own life where doing these like little things that kind of seem meaningless and pointless, but they accumulate over time. They sort of like build this energy in the background of the life force field or, you know, I'm like totally speculating on this, but it really, you could call karma, right? Like it's, it's a real legit thing. And, and it's, it's definitely passed by, by, by most people. Cause it's just like you said, it's not something that anyone is really talking about or even visible or measurable. There are a lot of things like that happening that um, I could go way off in the crazy land talking about, but it's like <laughs> completely legit. We have such a small understanding of what's going on with all this. Well, you think about the relationship. Okay, so let me give you a, a premise to start. And the premise is that we, we're created in the image of God, okay? And then think about the way someone appreciates you doing something for them instead of telling them, how you want to do something for them. Think about the differences in telling something you telling someone you want to do something for them and actually doing it for them. And then think about if we're created in the image of God, then how would God see the difference in us telling him that we want to do something versus us doing something? And it, it reminds me of, you know, from the Bible, um, you know, pray unceasingly. It's, it's, it's something, some, something to that effect. And I think you can, you don't, it, pray unceasingly doesn't mean um, become a recidivist and move to the woods and starve yourself to death talking to God. It means be present always. And when you have a conviction that you should do something, then do it. Beautiful. That was really good. Yeah, you've, you've got got to take action even even if it's the smallest possible thing take taking that action is what will lead to to growth and change and and higher flourishing a greater sense of self it's it's all starts with, with the little things that you can do every day as as boring as monotonous as it may seem sometimes <laughs> if you are present if you are present and really paying attention like that that stuff is wild and magical you know it it really is just so much uh, of the juice so much of the nectar of this this peach of the world is like found and doing those like kind of little things every day if we can take the right perspective and it, it and part of me knows that it's very difficult to take that perspective when we are kind of blocked off from the power of mother nature like that really energizes me in, in a way to kind of 
do these things every day to, you know, stack the wood and carry the water. And, and if I am closed off as it, you know, it's been, it's been rainy the past few months here, which, you know, more than it has been the past seven years. And we've all like, everyone has kind of been inside more, haven't been like out in the sunshine in the ocean. It's just been like kind of closed off for, from this rain more than, more than, you know, usually would be. And it's, you definitely feel like a big shift in, in the way that I, I feel every day. And I think now it's, it's, you know, it's coming around springtime. So a lot of people listening to this around the world will be, will be familiar with this, you know, shift in, in the world where winter is kind of coming to an end. Everyone spent more time inside just as a result of that. And now you've got this new opportunity to kind of emerge into a new sense of self where we've got a lot of opportunities to engage in and things to create people to meet. And, and it's like, you know, got to take that bull by the horns, got to go and, and make that happen because it's, it's not going to happen by itself as, as much as we have all this um, technology providing with us, us with instant gratitude. That is not reality at all. You know, reality takes energy and it, and it takes love and focus and, and determination. And we've got to put all that aside and, and really engage with, with our own path, our own dream, our, our vision, because if we don't, that's, that's going to evaporate. It's going to disintegrate and, and we're going to be in a lot of pain as, as a result of that. So taking, taking this opportunity to really get after it, I think is, is incredibly important. It most definitely is. And whether you're talking about the spring of this year or the spring of your life or, you know, the spring of our generation, um, it, there's a bull that has to be taken by the horns. And it's really, you know, you hear people talk about shaking the frost off. That's really what you have to do. The frost isn't going to fall off. You, you have to shake it off. And, you know, that's, I've made a habit here in Colorado of any time that I can stand to be out when, when we're coming out of winter and into the spring, I'm outside with, you know, sometimes as the, the minimum amount of clothing on that the city is comfortable with. And it's not, you know, maybe two minutes, maybe three minutes, but just standing out barefoot when it's cold, but I know spring is coming, just gets my mind ready. And when I do get that first, you know, 50 degree, 60 degree day, there's no having to motivate myself to get into that mindset of springtime and I need to go just walk around and go to the park or spend some time outside that is already done. And I've done it in an uncomfortable time. So that makes me appreciate how comfortable everything is now that spring is here even more. So I would encourage people to, okay. So I was, I was reading about this and I asked you, uh, before we, we got on, I asked you, I think last night, um, if you had the capability to play clips and I decided to, you know, just scrap it because, you know, given an hour clips can really cut into the time uh, that you have. But I was, what I was reading about and clipping was material from a study that showed that scientists had identified different neuron clusters in the brains of mice that were activated specifically um, correlated with certain actions, and those actions were fight, flight, or freeze. So they actually identified, and this was December of last year, they identified the neuron clusters that activated the mouse to either fight, flight, or freeze, and that's what mice usually do. Um, those are their three actions. You know, we usually think about fight or flight, but it doesn't have to be in the face of a threat that we make a decision. We make decisions all day. And the difference between us and, I, I believe, a, a mouse um, or most any other animal is that those neurons may fire in our brain and tell us, no, I'd rather just sit on the couch and do my work instead of taking everything out to the balcony to do it. Um, we constantly can override those, those um, electric signals in our brain. We can decide, this is how I feel, but I'm going to take the opposite action. Uh, and that's where the whole idea of bravery comes from. It's not because some people are more likely to fire a certain set of neurons in the face of a, a similar situation where others are more likely to fire other neurons and run away. It We probably all have similar responses to a given stimuli, and some of us see that response, know that response, and decide, no, this isn't the right thing to do. Even though my body wants to, 
this isn't the right thing to do. I need to do something opposite of what my flesh and blood tells me is what I should do. And there is a lot to be said about, you know, bodily instinct, but what separates us is the ability to separate ourselves from that bodily instinct and realize that there's something greater than, um, than what our body wants us to do a lot of times. And we, it's hard to take those actions that are opposite of what this, this body wants us to do because, you know, we've, we, we've been developing this complex system, this incredible system that we call our bodies for a long time. And it's, it's really incredible that we have the presence of mind to be able to override those bodily functions and say, no, even though I am comfortable on the couch with a blanket over me right now doing this work, I'm going to take five minutes, move everything outside, be a little less comfortable in the, long, in the short term, but I'm going to be better for it in the long term. Or, you know, um, no, I'd be comfortable running away from this situation where, you know, someone's being harassed, but uh, that's not the right thing to do. The right thing to do is to step in and do something about it, you know, just as examples. Yes, those are great, great examples and, and something that plays out in pretty much everyone's mind in, in some way during every day for, for the most part. And, and it does remind me of, of what we were talking about earlier with persuading someone else to do something, compelling them with love. It, it's the same thing with, with your own self, within your own mind. It's like this thing, it does take time to learn how to do. Like I didn't quite get it until I was in my late 20s to try to figure out. And it's not, and it's not always a win. Sometimes you end up really conflicted in your own mind and like kind of un, you know, settled with like the final landing point. Maybe sometimes you end up being lazy like that, but like it's okay. You know, there's other opportunities. Nobody, nobody has perfect self-control. No one, right. you know, we've all got this like triune brain of the lizard brain and the primal mind. And then this like tiny little neocortex that is trying to overcome all that to like make us this perfect cyborg human. But we don't want to be that any either. Like you don't want to be a, a cyborg you know, uh, and, and so like that, and that's really one of the more interesting and, and fascinating parts of this experience is we do have this kind of interplay going on where we, we're trying to get ourselves focused on the long term while also satisfying, satisfying some of these like short term, uh, you know, desires. And, and it, there's definitely value in letting the soft animal of your body want what it wants and, and just like kind of indulge a little bit and, and, and have that pleasure is nourishing on a certain level as well. I don't think the point is to be like David Goggins where you're just constantly, you know, grinding yourself because there's like, you know, that's most people are, are just going to be completely broken by that and end up in a straitjacket right. in like a rubber room. So yeah, it, it is really interesting, interesting game that we, that we've all got at hand and, and to just to play it has been my, you know, ethos to, you know, not take it too seriously. And they kind of enjoy the, the process because it is, it is pretty playful if, if you allow it to be. Yeah. And, and it should be. I think I think we're meant to be playful. I mean, one of my favorite um, excerpts from from the Bible is when uh, Jesus had all the, the the little children around him, and his disciples were trying to shoo the kids away because Jesus was trying to teach, and they wanted to hear what he had to say. And he stopped them, and he said, "You you're not going to get into heaven unless you become like these little children." And to me, that is that is incredibly powerful. Because it, it just says that if you take things too seriously, you're not doing it right. Like We're not meant to take things so seriously. And there are some things that absolutely should be taken seriously and should be considered seriously. But the day-to-day, the moment-to-moment, you're just, you're, it's a blessing to be there and you should treat it that way. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, we, we, I think we spoke, we were speaking a little bit about, about play earlier as a, something you can do out, out in nature and it, you do feel more of that, that uh, energy, that vibration that we call play and kind of bucket in with like children. This is what kids do. They play with the, every animal plays and, and we're animals and, and you don't have to call it play. You know, you can, you can just call it, you know, fun if you want, like kind of synonyms. Call it what you want. Nobody's hating on fun. <laughs> yeah. You gotta have, gotta have fun with it. Healthy cooking, you know, have fun making, creating new meals, cooking. If you're going to have a, a energy, uh, workout practice, like you don't have to go follow every single rep and set, on, uh, you know, uh, rep and, and set within some workout plan. You can go be playful. You don't have to have anything in mind. And, and it, this goes, this goes kind of all, all around this podcast for me. And it, it sounds like for you as well, your, your podcast, this has brought a ton of life 
into my life. And, and it was all in the spirit of play. We're just like, I just want to have more fun and, and enjoy and connect with cool people from across the world and learn a, a ton of new things. And it's, it's, it's exactly that has been happening as a result of taking the courage to overcome my resistance, my, you know, primal mind that was like, no, you, you aren't smart enough to do a podcast. Like you're not, you don't, you know, not popular enough to do a podcast. You're not cool enough to do a podcast. It's like, fuck all that. I'm just going to do this to have fun, you know? And, and that was such a, that's a great spark that people don't talk about as a way to overcome this, you know, resistance, this, this part of your brain that says like, no, just sit. And it's like, no, I just, I want to do something different. I want to have fun. I want to experience something new, explore and play. And, and for me, that's been a, a crazy hack to get over a lot of that resistance. Oh yeah, it, it absolutely is. And, you know, it, it's, it's crazy to think how applicable it is to anything you're doing. Um, and I, I, I was thinking about this earlier when you were talking about how, how enjoyable um, just the, the moment to moment can be just doing mundane things, you know, just taking a walk. And I was thinking about how sometimes my fiance and I will be out on a walk and I'll just start giggling. And she's like, what are you laughing about? And I'm like, I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's goofy, but being goofy is fun. It's there. I've never had a bad time when someone said I was being goofy. Um, <laughs> so, so I don't, I don't get what the, and, and you know, a lot of it is a lot of the, and I can see this even looking back at my own life. A lot of the resistance is pride. It's well, I'm, I'm presenting this image of this serious person, this person that can be trusted because I take things seriously, this person who, um, you know, I, I guess the, the best way to put it is just saying, you know, I, I'm this serious person. I can be trusted. I can, I can help. I can do this. I, I have, um, capabilities. I'm dare say, even some would say, you know, I'm better than others or better suited for something for others because I'm so serious or, or so, um, grown up, we'll say. <laughs> and it's, it, it becomes a point of pride and you really have, you really have to shake off that frost and say, I can still have a reputation as someone who is trustworthy of someone who is intelligent of someone who is thoughtful about things while I'm hanging from a tree branch or, you know, running around barefoot, uh, that doesn't. And for anyone out there who would look at me and say, well, this person is obviously uh, not a very serious person. Maybe one day they'll have that. They'll remember that and say, why did I think that? Why did I think that about that person? Just because they were doing something that I'm not comfortable doing. And that's where, that's where setting a good example as the answer to most things is so difficult because you usually don't get the satisfaction of seeing the result because it takes time for things to simmer in people's minds and for that seed to grow. And you may be 7,000 miles away from them when they think about what you did two years ago and it clicks for them and something changes. But what you have to know is that there's always a possibility when you're setting a good example that whether you see the results or not, you could change the course of someone's entire life and you don't have to see the results. Everyone else in their life is seeing the results and you don't need credit for it. We don't, we don't need credit for those kind of things. And when you start thinking about, am I getting credit for this? You start drifting away from where you should be because you're thinking about the future. You're not thinking about what you're doing in the moment. It's a big part of that too, is I, I think trusting in, in, the favor that you're doing for God that, that we described earlier, where that will unfold in, in your life. You can believe that if you want, because it there's a strong chance that it could be true. We'll never be able to prove that, but it seems to be a common theme among every religion is where if you do good things, good thing comes back. What goes around comes around and you can have faith in that. You can trust that and believe that and live your life in that way. And you will be better off for it. Whether or not you're able to, you know, tally the score at the end of the day, who cares? You know, <laughs> it's like probably impossible to do that and you're going you know, to drive yourself crazy. But it is certainly something that is a central theme of, of every spiritual tradition for a very good reason. And it was probably a lot easier to observe um, way back when those religions were, were created. Now it's like everything's more complex. But I, I also just really enjoyed and, and, and have been enjoying and um, impacted by, by what you're saying here. It's, it's certainly 
been a, a strong flow. I, I do want to take a moment to, I guess, reflect a little bit and, and just ask if there's anything that you're hoping we touched on or that we haven't brought up that you were kind of eager to, to, to talk about uh, as, we're, as we're drawing near towards our, our uh, end of the, the pod. No, uh, selfishly, I, I got all my plugs in. Um, so that's always a battle. You know, if I, if I jump into a conversation like this, I can absolutely forget that I, um, you know, I, I do have something to promote. Um, so I'm glad I got that in. I, you know, this kind of thing, this is what I love talking about. This is, and you know, you, you have people out there who will say, oh, well, you're just talking. You're just talking. You're not doing anything. You're just talking. Well, you know, nothing exists in a vacuum. So if someone hears this and maybe just gives it a chance to, I don't know, walk around barefoot or um, do some pull-ups on a tree branch or, you know, just smile at someone throughout their day, then just talking was worth it. And, you know, I, like I said, this is, this is really my wheelhouse. I love talking about this metaphysical kind of stuff. I, I think it's, one of the most overlooked and important topics um, in our world because everything's so materialistic. Um, but there, it's—I think it's important for for those of us who believe it. And I, I, this is one of the only times that I'll venture out and say, even if you don't believe it, it's important. Um, but I think it's important to realize that there is more than what we see, and there's more at play than we'll probably ever understand. And you know, I, I love the um the argument of you know how could how could a a divine being allow some of the things in the world to happen that happen and my my thought has always been and i've never i've always wondered why no one has has said this in one of those conversations but my thought is always well how could how could you think that you're meant to understand what a divine being allows to be I that's that seems a a little pompous to me, but you know, uh, to each his own. Whatever whatever makes your clock tick, um, that that's fine with me. Um, but it, I think it is important to talk about these things, and I think there's a there's a hunger for it. You know, whether whether you believe this or that or don't believe any of it, um, I think there's an inherent interest in everyone to talk about this kind of thing. It's I mean, it's why atheists also talk about this with people who believe in in God. Um, there's we we have this notion that comes from somewhere that there is something bigger, um, and for some people that means that they want to say there isn't something bigger. But you're still talking about the topic, so I think it's always going to be important to to broach these things and and to talk about how they relate to the little things, the day-to-day, the walking around, doing what you think is right. Um, so, yeah, I've, it's been a pleasure. Uh, this is this is really, it's been a great, great set for my morning, um, and I, I appreciate it. And if, was there anything that you wanted to ask me or anything else you want to you wanna talk about briefly? Well, I it's been a pleasure for me as well. Really, really enjoyed the direction where, what this, how this unfolded and, and, and what came through us. It was, uh, that was, that was a great, great jam. It really enjoyed that thoroughly. And, um, uh, that was, that was great. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think, um, we'll have to do this again, again, sometime in, in, in the future. And, and we can go deeper on some of this stuff or go in a whole new, whole new direction. Who knows? But thank you for, for coming on to share your wisdom and, and your, your philosophy. It was some deep, deep stuff, deep and powerful stuff. Hope everyone listening enjoyed it and came away with some, some tangible practices as well as some deeper seeds to plant in their mind for, for future harvest, because hopefully those will grow and you'll be able to share, share this to others because these are, these are deep and powerful practices when implemented intentionally. And we've got a lot of gardening to do out there because there are certainly some weeds grown up in people's minds. And, and we, you know, we've got a big movement forming here and, and I'm, I'm glad to have shared this time with you and grateful for everything that you've shared with, with everyone listening. So thank you. Thank you, John D. Yeah. I, um, the last thing I would say is I'm always willing to talk about this kind of thing. Um, so, you know, you can, I, I'm at John G do on Twitter. Uh, feel free to reach out there. Uh, I can also be found at John at MMO.show. 
uh, for email. And I don't have to be in front of a mic to talk about this kind of stuff. So if you, if it's something that interests you and you have questions or just want to riff about it, I'm more than happy to talk about this kind of stuff with anybody. And if you like the show, always, you know, of course, reach out. Um, we, uh, you know, I talked about how we, um, we don't do, or we, we, we talk about how ads influence media sometimes, and this will be quick. I promise. Um, we don't take any ads. We're fully um, listener supported. We call it the value feedback loop where we provide a free product. And if you think that you got some value out of it, you know, whatever you find valuable and want to return to us as value, we'll take that and plug it in and keep producing what you found valuable in the first place. So, um, you know, if, if you're out there and you listen to the show and you enjoy it, let us know. If you don't enjoy it, let us know. That's also feedback. Um, and of course, if you got anything that you think we should cover, we're, we're always taking stories and um, topics to, to research. So, uh, Case, again, I really appreciate the time. And um, I, I will definitely be listening to your future episodes. Powerful. John G. Do. Thank you. Thanks, Case. 